Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we are set to talk about dreams. Again, every Thursday, we take up your questions as Thursday, a special topic Thursday, tailored to your questions. And I did get a question in my queue recently that asked about dreams. And the question was this, what is the spiritual nature of dreams and can God use dreams to draw us closer to him? I love when I get questions where I need to do my homework. And this evening (laughs) I had to do my homework and it was a lot of fun. Um, And so as it relates to my own research today, among other writers and thinkers, I'm going to draw from uh, the Catholic Encyclopedia on dreams, as well as the writings of Father John Partunik. You have heard me quote him before. You can find his writing on spiritualdirection.com. He is a spiritual theologian. He has done a lot of writing on spiritual theology, and he is one who has taken up to some degree uh, this topic of dreams. As we tackle this question what I do want to do with this question is first define it, well, what we intend to mean when we say we had a dream, and then we will consider more specifically uh, the nature of your specific question. What is the spiritual nature of dreams, and can God use dreams to draw us closer to Him? So, scientific findings on dreams, and to some degree now we have to go to science, right, have shown dreams to involve some sort of combination of perception, uh, creative imagination, emotions, certainly we could say association of ideas and images, and of course, that all-important towering faculty of the soul, memory, uh, that topic we have talked about so much here on Seeds of Truth. Now, thinking and reasoning may also occur in dreams, But this is more on a superficial or uncritical level. Certainly we could say this is important in relation to the moral relevance of what one does in the midst of a dream. So while one is at times aware of a type of choosing within dreams, such as resistance to temptation, uh, such willed acts, we could say, then do not necessarily stem from a free decision-making ability but maybe rather from behavioral habits and and automatic responses. So in saying that, in the dream itself, the distinction between reality and then imagination is totally lost or at the very least impaired. So dreams then can certainly be spoken to within the natural realm. But as we look to respond to your question, certainly we could also say that they belong to the supernatural. And if they are supernatural, then, as St. Thomas Aquinas suggests, their origin lies not only in God, but something we have to be present to potentially and also in demons. Now, as it relates to the supernatural element, we should take stock in the many dreams that we read about in the Old Testament and New Testament. I mean, 
to be asked the question, can I draw closer to God in a dream? Well, consider sacred scripture. There are 21 dreams in all of sacred scripture, and we're not going to go through all of those dreams, but we should note a few to just be mindful of how God might use dreams. You can go to Genesis chapter 20. We're about to talk about this dream in great detail in our programming on the book of Genesis. Uh, In Genesis chapter 20, we have Abimelech's warning, where God stops Abimelech, the king of Gerar, from sleeping with Sarah, Abraham's wife. So there we can see the supernatural warning us not to do something, right? Uh, Of course, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, we have Jacob's ladder, where Jacob sees angels ascending and descending a ladder between earth and heaven. The famous dream of Jacob in Genesis chapter 31, verses 10 to 11, where the Lord tells Jacob to return to the land of his father. We have uh, the great dream in Genesis chapter 31, verse 24, where God warns Laban not to bless or curse Jacob as he heads home. It's interesting, as you look through these dreams, many of these dreams are found where? But in the book of Genesis. In fact, 11 of the 21 dreams can be found in the book of Genesis. And maybe the most famous of all those dreams are the dreams revealed to Joseph. Those dreams that signify that Joseph's family will bow to him in the dreams of uh, Joseph's grain and Joseph's stars. In Joseph's grain, one sheaf stands straight up, 11 others bow to it. And then, of course, in Joseph's stars, the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to Joseph. So, popular dreams for sure. And then we have the dream of Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker. Two dreams there, both of which signify these men's fates after three days. Uh, The cupbearer is restored to honor. And the baker is what but executed. In in the three branches, in the dream of the three branches, the cupbearer presses grapes from a vine and gives them to Pharaoh. And then, of course, in the dream of the three baskets, the baker carries three baskets of bread on his head and the birds eat it. So dreams signify, point to something else for sure in the supernatural. And, of course, there are other dreams that come to us from the Pharaoh. What about the dream that involved the unnamed man in the book of Judges, chapter 7, verse 13, the dream of the runaway barley loaf, where a piece of bread rolls into the Midianites' camp and turns over the tents, which, of course, foreshadows Gideon's victory. So dreams point to many different things. And how can we uh, forget the dream of Solomon, where the Lord appears to Solomon, the new king of Israel, and offers him anything This is the dream where, oh, by the way, what does Solomon choose? But wisdom, wisdom. We also have the dream in the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel in chapter 2, the dream that involved Nebuchadnezzar's statue, where a great statue made of various materials symbolizing what but the future empires is, is crushed by a stone, which, of course, symbolizes the kingdom of God. And And this brings up another point that many of our dreams are what could be called prophetic. And I think for many, this might be what we are thinking about when we wake up from our dreams. What does this dream mean? We ask that question because uh, what we encountered in the dream or who we encountered in the dream is something or someone that we have not encountered in a long time. 
And so then we ask the question, can our dreams be prophetic? And maybe for some of us, we've had that experience where, well, in the end, they have been prophetic. That we ended up encountering someone that we haven't thought about in a long time outside of the dream we had of them. Does God use that? Of course He does. He wants us to be present to something in that moment. Now, clearly in in Nebuchadnezzar's statue, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar's statue, we have something explicit being played out in the New Testament. But all the while, we can personalize some of the dreams we have. And of course, also, we have Daniel's four beasts in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, uh, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and this mysterious beast with ten horns, judged by God, and then the Son of Man, who is given dominion. Now, all of that is in the Old Testament. What about in the New Testament? Well, we don't have to go very far. We know of the dream when the angel tells Joseph, the carpenter, not to divorce Mary, that her child is the Savior. So, God intervenes to inform Joseph on a very important moment in his life, and certainly dreams can, can be that for us as well. We have Magi's warning, right, where God warns the Magi not to return to Herod from Bethlehem. We have the angel uh, telling Joseph to escape before Herod slaughters all the male babies. So the dream to save the Savior. We have the angel telling Joseph to return to Israel with Jesus because Herod is dead. We have Herod's son on the throne in Judea. So God warns Joseph to steer clear there. So when you look at those last four dreams, Magi's warning, the call to go to Egypt, the call to go back to Israel, but not Judea, all those dreams were all given to protect Jesus Christ and were all revealed to Joseph of Nazareth. So much can be gleaned there and how it applies to our lives as far as how dreams can also protect. What about the dream that we read of in Matthew chapter 27, verse 19? And maybe what we can rather call a nightmare, right? Where Pontius Pilate's wife has a nightmare concerning Jesus' trial because she knows he is innocent. Again, dreams are important. Uh, You ask me, Can God use dreams to draw you closer to God? I say emphatically, yes, in the light of of all of these biblical passages that we just referred to. Uh, But as I say emphatically, yes, we can also misinterpret dreams and or be misled by them. So as Father John Bartunuk reminds us in his piece on dreams, we should discern the meaning of our dreams. And how do we discern the meaning of our dreams? Well, we use those same principles that we utilize while we evaluate spiritual growth in a more general way. What does it mean to use the word discernment? Discernment comes from the Latin discerne, which basically means to come to understand. If you are discerning something, you are coming to understand the situation for what it is, and then what you should do about that situation you are discerning. Okay, so discernment is very much a part of the spiritual life, Discernment is very much something you see in sacred scripture. So, with that in mind, we ought to ask certain questions. And these are questions offered up by uh, Father John Bartunik. He says, Do the dreams we have encourage me to participate more frequently and more consciously in the sacramental life? Do the dreams we have 
motivate me to deny my own tendencies to self-indulge and and be self-righteous in favor of serving my neighbor mercifully and gracefully? Do the dreams we have empower me to hold my tongue, control my anger, think well of my neighbor and forgive the faults and offenses of my loved ones? Do the dreams we have increase my thirst for prayer and for a deeper knowledge of Christ's teaching? So, important questions, right? Now, if dreams or any other powerful experiences were to push you away from those objective reference points, if you will, for spiritual maturity that lie within those questions, uh, then I think we could say they are, at the very least, suspect, right? Now, in saying that, certainly we should be aware, aware of warning signs. One warning sign would be if you find yourself actively seeking out those dreams, uh, consciously trying to make them repeat themselves instead of receiving them as gifts of God's providence, right? We receive something we really enjoy. Maybe we had a pleasant dream, and then we want more of that very thing, and we can force it. We, we do that in many aspects of our life. And so what I would caution here is to uh, not try to consciously make these dreams repeat themselves somehow. I think it is our human tendency to sensationalize the sensational, huh? <laughs> My friends, God sends us dreams in order to build us up spiritually. But we, weak as we are, can sometimes become attached to those gifts, those dreams, as ends in themselves. And what happens when we do that? Well, we forget about the giver of the gift, and we fall into this kind of mercenary spirituality where we seek to reproduce certain states of the soul through various disciplines instead of just seeking to glorify God and receive His grace openly and just by just appreciating what God has given to us. And in this sense, fascination with dreams and dream experiences can lead us very far astray. Indeed, here, Father Bartunek notes that some strains of the New Age movement encourage the uh, intentional development of techniques for what is called lucid dreaming. This is often linked up with the invocation of some kind of spirit guide uh, who can aid the person in astral traveling or what we might call psychic traveling. And there, at first, the experiences obtained through these practices might seem energizing, but as, as you can probably anticipate, they can easily become a kind of idolatry and can even be coerced by demons. To talk about dreams, we have to be present to the reality that there is a spiritual warfare at play here. So something to be present to. If you are someone who seeks Christ and, and follows God and, and lives a faithful Christian life, and you begin to tap into this, a barometer of whether that is right or wrong is to just look at what you're doing in your life. And certainly there is some spiritual warfare at play because you can become more vulnerable to just not subtle, but not so subtle spiritual attacks, honestly. Finally, my friends, we have to also be aware that it is possible to give too much importance to what happens in a dream, 
Although God can speak through dreams, as, as we have highlighted, that doesn't mean that everything that happens in our dreams comes from God, right? We have touched upon the psychology of dreams. It is very complex and to some degree confusing. Even experts on dreams have noted this is an evolving science. We speak in general terms about dreams being natural and or supernatural, but when you really begin to get into whether or not it is natural and or supernatural, this is something very complex and at times something that could be very elusive. The thing is, my friends, although God can certainly speak to the soul through dreams, we have to be aware that God will never contradict himself. huh? He would never inspire someone in a dream to disobey his commandments or abandon the duties of their state in life. And so we have to be able to juxtapose the reality of what we experienced in our dream. And then out from that encounter we had in our dream, this subconscious encounter we had in our dream, we have to then ask the question, are we overreacting to the point where, well, we are no longer responding to the teachings of Christ as we typically respond to the teachings of Christ. And so just as we can be grateful for dreams and encourage us in a relationship with God, we should never allow ourselves to be overly distracted by dreams that ultimately cause turbulence in our souls. If you find yourself unsettled, if you find yourself a little uh, off kilter, ask yourself the question, why? Now, all of that being said, even the best Christian and Catholic psychologist will admit that intense and repetitive dreams can, can sometimes give clues to a minor or even in some cases major psychological disturbances, but they are never, never sufficient for what might be considered a complete diagnosis all on their own. Joseph in the Old Testament received this gift of interpreting dreams. Not everyone has the gift of interpreting dreams. We have to put this in its proper physical and spiritual context, natural and uh, supernatural context. And as we do, we can begin to gather what God might be communicating to us, for sure. But we do have to be careful about making some definitive diagnosis. And for all of this, as I'm speaking to it, we should be present to something. We do need to make sure that we have found someone that is trained in the area of just not the psychology of dreams, but also someone in the spiritual field, maybe a spiritual director who can help you understand what you encountered in your dream. You know, I am someone who has experienced dreams in, in the same manner as I think that we have all experienced dreams, dreams that you just can't really fit into any one category. And then other dreams few as they might be, where it really does appear God might be sending you something to think about. huh? I'll share one experience I had. After my father died in 1991, I had a dream of my father handing me a gift. And this was, oh, two months after he had passed away. And certainly my father was in my thoughts, right? So there was certainly some connection and association going on behind the ideas and images that were in the dream. 
So in the dream, my father had given me this sports coat, this sports coat that I had wanted for a very long time, and he brought me the sports coat two months later. Let me tell you something. It was a very special gift. It was a gift that came to me from my father, but also from God the Father, I would argue, supernaturally. God used that dream to bring me some peace. And I didn't question that dream to to be anything other than that. It it was sufficient that it brought me the the peace that it did. And, and, And I wasn't going to argue my experience with anyone else. I didn't need anyone to tell me what it meant or what it implicitly suggested. It was enough that that dream brought me peace. And so we, we all have those dreams. And I do think it's important to, to take stock in those dreams we have. But as we have dreams, some dreams do suggest more than something that is obvious. And maybe, maybe that is a dream that we take to someone who we trust, either again in the physical sciences or the spiritual sciences. And by spiritual sciences, again, I mean someone who is trained in the area of spiritual theology, someone who might be able to discern the meaning of an image or the meaning of an idea as it's connected to your life. All of this can play out for sure. Um, Brothers and sisters, as I use the phrase take stock, maybe the most important thing to take stock in is that (laughs) no one dream is a cookie cutter dream, if you will. No one experience that we have, whether it be a dream or, or outside our dreams, is going to be exactly the same. Each and every encounter we have with a thing and or a person is going to be unique in of itself. And so this is why we take up the uniqueness of what we encounter to someone who might help us better understand these dreams. But, you know, sometimes our dreams are just simply things that we can't make sense of. And this is part of the anomaly of dreams as we reflect into it. In the end, my friends, we are members of Christ's church, members that are enlightened by grace and renewed by the new covenant. As a result, we have been given God's own self-revelation in Jesus Christ. This provides us with objective reference points of revealed truth right, in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And these sources of knowledge should always be our primary guides when we are faced with questions we might be asking as it relates to our dreams. So if I had something to leave you with this evening, it would be this. Dreams can certainly be inspired. They belong to both the natural realm and the supernatural realm, we can be certain. Okay, but as I say that, always be mindful, always be mindful that dreams should always have the larger context of revealed truth, that the dreams we have should be seen within the larger context of what Christ has already revealed. And as he constantly reveals himself to us, he very well might use an image, an idea, an encounter we had, or maybe something that we haven't encountered yet in the area of prophetic dreams to draw us deeper into relationship with Christ and at the same time offer something for the mystical body of Christ. Dreams are mysterious, are they not? 
(laughs) Dreams are mysterious. And when you use the word mystery, we ought to be reminded that God is mystery. He is the inexhaustible reality. And as he is the inexhaustible reality, he desires, he desires that we desire to take everything that we are and everything that we do to him. If we are created in the image and likeness of God, then everything we do and encounter belongs to God. That includes our dreams. Dreams are not autonomous from God's mystery. Dreams are not autonomous from God's mystery, but should always be seen in the light of God's mystery. So with that, let us be mindful that our dreams very well could have a purpose, could point to something, and we, we take the necessary steps to see what that purpose or, or something might be. Amen? Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of this evening, the gift to be able to reflect into this very unique topic of dreams, uh, this area of life that has, that has been gray for so many of us, that you might disclose yourself to us. We pray that if there is something that you wish to communicate to us this day, this evening, this night, or tomorrow through a dream that you might inspire the necessary encounters and the necessary questions to both have and ask that we might better understand how you wish to reveal yourself to us. We thank you for your mystery, as your mystery is an invitation to go deeper and deeper in your inexhaustible love. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, The website is joeholcraft.org.